Hello, my name is David Coletta, and I'm the senior leader at Mission Community Church. Before you begin watching the Sermon of the Week, allow me to pray that you might encounter God right there where you are. Father, I ask that your spirit will be present right where people are watching this video. May they be receptive to the voice of your spirit as they watch in Jesus' name, amen. From all of us at MCC, may God bless you as you watch this week's message.
Writer, philosopher, and this Christian apologist, I like his reading, G.K. Chesterton, he describes gratitude as the mother of all virtues. The mother of all virtues. Now, one of the most significant things that God wants to do with each and every one of us is to take us out of a place of complaining and grumbling and to bring us into a place of thankfulness and gratitude so that we can be like him. And people around us can see that there's something different with us because of God. Our text today is found in Psalm chapter 30. Psalm chapter 30, and it's verses 11 and 12. Psalm 30, 11 and 12. And it says, we have it on the screen, great. It says, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. Right? We need joy. We need it. That I might sing praises to you and not be silent, O Lord my God. I will give you thanks forever. Wow. Look at the person next to you and say, learn to give thanks to God forever. <laughs> now, let me ask you this question. Would you say that that verse reflects your attitude right now? You give thanks to God forever means always, Right? So just change the word always. Do you always give thanks to God? It's rare. I will say this. It's rare to meet somebody that even closely resembles the verse that we just read. Someone that learns to give thanks to God always. Not an easy thing to do. You know what, instead of grumbling and complaining, instead of, of uh, uh, looking at our circumstances and wondering what in the world is going on, I'm so sick and tired of this. You know, God wants us to radiate with gratefulness and gratitude and thankfulness so that we can be set apart, set aside. We're not just the normal average person in the world. We know the word, we have the truth. We should know that gratitude and thankfulness are something that should be very close to all of us. Now, <clears throat> Thanksgiving, this Thanksgiving week, is a national holiday here in America. We celebrate with families. We eat way too much food. We hear the crazy uncles at the table that we're praying for, that he will not be so crazy. Uh, you know, all of that fun stuff, right? We enjoy it. And then, you know, we, if we eat at 3 o'clock, by 4.30, we're on the couch, laid up, dead. You know, I need a nap <laughs> after all that food. You know, my... Um, my dad used to always be envious of our Thanksgiving turkey dinners. You know, he, he, he loved it from a distance. My dad lived in Italy, and, um, 
And so he just, one day he says, I'm going to make a turkey. So he went and bought a turkey in Italy. You know, turkeys in Italy probably about this big, you know. He probably cooked it for like 27 hours. I have no idea what he did. But he said it came out like a chewing gum. I'm like, I, I know that. I know. You know, it's not the same thing as it is here. We celebrate Thanksgiving. We got the art down pat. Do you know how the national holiday of Thanksgiving actually came about and how it was declared? I think we all know from reading in history that the pilgrims came to our shores in 1621. They established a colony. And then uh, you might have read in, again, the history books that uh, Governor William Bradford led the group. And William Bradford, on the way to realizing his dream of landing on the shores of the United States, experienced some of the most incredible tragedy in his life. While they were on that ship, his wife drowned. Didn't just die with something. She drowned. I don't know if there's any death worse than drowning. It's terrible. You know what? I would say that that is hard. I would say that that is facing some pretty dire, adverse circumstances in his life. And yet, two years later, in 1623, Governor Bradford issued a proclamation establishing that there would be a day of thanksgiving. And I'm going to ask my darling wife, give it up for my darling wife. She is going to come and read this declaration of thanksgiving for us. Here we go. Can we read it together? No, you can read it for us. Inasmuch as the Great Father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, beans, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forests to abound with game, and the sea with fish and clams, and inasmuch as he has protected us from the ravages of the savages, mm. has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God, according to the dictates of our own conscience. Now, one, is that much mm -hmm. Your magistrates do proclaim that all ye pilgrims with your wives and little ones do gather at ye meeting house on ye hill between the, the hours of 9 and 12 in the daytime on Thursday, November 29th, of the year of our Lord, 1,623, and the third year since ye pilgrims landed on ye pilgrim rock, there to listen to ye pastor and render thanksgiving to ye almighty God for all his blessings. William Bradford, Thanksgiving Proclamation, 1623. Give it up. Now you know why I did not read it. Also because it says that you got to, ye got to listen to your pastor. So I'm just, I'm just saying, right? Doesn't it say that? But <clears throat> what an incredible declaration. Very thoughtful and thought-provoking at the same time. Because we take a lot of those things, very simple things for granted. And yet this man 
encountered one of the most devastating things in his life. You know, when I read this, I thought for a moment, wow, would I give thanks like that perspective if I had lost my wife? Not very much, I'll be honest with you. You know, and it made me think of this, and maybe that's as a side note, that on the, on the way of realizing our dreams, each and every one of us is going to experience some loss of some type. It's almost inevitable that we will not experience loss. The two are, sli- are connected together. Maybe loss of sleep, maybe loss of money, maybe loss of friends. Loss can be a byproduct of getting into the next level of our life because God wants to reset our priorities and God wants to reset our compass. And so we sometimes, we look at adverse circumstances and we buck and scream and kick and we say, no, God. And God is saying, wait a minute, why don't you let me work that out in you because I'm taking you to where you need to go. We want to realize a dream, but sometimes it's hard to accept the dream with all of the other stuff that comes with it. Now, it's easier to be thankful, let's face it, when things are going great. It's easier to be thankful when you got a new job and that came with a 30% salary increase. It's easy to be thankful when you have now finally fallen in love for that wonderful man or woman that you have waited for all your life. And it's just your heart is just like oozing love for everybody. You look at someone next to you and you don't know them and you say, oh, I just love you. <laughs> You're just so full of love and so full of joy. It's so easy But the challenge for us today is to display a heart of thanksgiving when things are not going so well. How do we do that? Ask yourself this question. How do I deal with loss? How do I deal with loss of a loved one, loss of a job? How do I deal with sickness and discouragement and depression and so on and on. The list can go on and on. What are some of the things that that I am struggling with right now and what's my response to those circumstances as I deal with them? Ask yourself those questions. What do I do in the midst of that? Can I make a confession to you? I have not done so well in my life when facing circumstances that were adverse, when things were rough. I haven't. Many of us are challenged on every side. The struggle is real. The circumstances are real. The issues are real. God knows it. We know it. We feel it. You know, on a personal front, about three weeks ago, I lost my dad. That was the biggest loss of my life. I remember when Lois lost her dad. And, um, you know, I, you, you try to empathize and, 
and, and sympathize with someone that's going through loss. But unless you go through it yourself, you really can't understand the depth of emotions and feelings that that, that person is experiencing. I had never experienced loss of a parent. That devastated me. Loss. You know, this year, to some degree, we've had some losses in our lives. And loss can cause you to get angry, bitter, upset, disappointment, discouraged, so on and on and on. You know, I'm an optimist at heart. Generally speaking, I see the glass half full every time. But you know what? When tragedy hits... I think all of us tend to see life a little bit more realistically. A little bit more realistically than we ever did before. So while walking through a deep valley of, of the shadow of death, as, as Psalmist David says in Psalm 23, I think that all of us want to see the rainbow and, 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 and the sun shining through the clouds on the other side. But the fact of the matter is that Sometimes despair and discouragement kind of settle in. And it's hard, it's hard to be thankful for those circumstances. I promise you, this is not a negative Thanksgiving message, I promise you. There are good news. But as we enter Thanksgiving and this Thanksgiving week, know that God understands you. That He sees you, He hears you in your struggles. He hears when we cry out to Him. There is hope in God. There is hope in God. And as we turn to Him in the worst of circumstances, God promise, promises for each and every one of us that He's going to be there. He's not going to leave us nor forsake us. And I've entitled this message, Learning to, be, to Give Thanks When Things Are Hard. Because you know what? The fact of the matter is that we, I think, face more hardships than good times. Life is becoming hard. I mean, I, I was reading, speaking of Thanksgiving, I mean, I was reading that 25% of Americans are not planning to have a Thanksgiving dinner because of the inflation. That's crazy. This is even crazier. I think it was like 80% of people that are doing Friendsgiving Friends giving. I'm doing friends giving with pizza. Pizza, Robert. Exactly. Because there is no good pizza in America. I'm sorry. If you think of Domino's and Pizza Hut as good pizza... I ought to be praying for you right now. Come to the altar right this very moment. Can you imagine? It's hard. The struggle is real. So as we uh, face this Thanksgiving, let me just give you a couple of thoughts about how we ought to face Thanksgiving. First of all, here's what we need to know. God is God. And he still knows what he is doing. Hey, can you look at the person next to you and tell him, God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. 
Yeah, he does. Now listen to this verse. Psalm 100 in verses 1 to 3 says, and verses that we have read probably a hundred times. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Woo! Shout, right? Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful thinking. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Know that the Lord is God. I'm going to read it to you in the original language. Know that Yahweh is Elohim. That slightly changes the Lord is God. Why is that? Because Yahweh means the all-existing, always-existing, all-encompassing God. He's got it all. Right? And then he says that Yahweh, that God, is Elohim. Elohim means the ruler. It means the owner of all. Oh, man, I am so thankful that the ruler, the God that existed from the beginning of all eternity, before the foundations of the earth were ever laid, God was, and God is, and God will be, all at the same time. In the whole span of history, right in front of him, God saw the past, the present, and he sees the future. And he is ruler. He is the boss. So know that the Lord is God. We were made for him. We were made by God, for God, and nothing that we face in this life happens by chance. He knows all. He hears all. He sees all. Every struggle, every challenge, every circumstance that you are facing, every secret that you have not spoken to anyone about, God knows it all. When life becomes hard, let's stop for a moment. Let's stop the complaining, the arguing, the bickering, and focus on the fact that the Lord is God. Yahweh is Elohim. What a reminder. Jesus said, I am never going to leave you and I will never forsake you. That's what he said. I will be with you always. Can we trust him, church? Can we trust him and not allow worry and fear and anxiety of the, the circumstances and the struggles that we face to overwhelm our lives and further complicate all of our circumstances? Because you know what? Fear, worry, and anxiety will complicate every issue that you're going through unless you commit it to him. Because the Lord is God and he knows what he is doing. You know, Jesus faced the worst of circumstances in his own life, didn't he? He went on a cross. He knew exactly what he was going to face. Let's not forget that he laid aside 
his sovereignty, his godliness, but he didn't lose it. He knew what he was going to face. And yet, he kept focused on that mission, and he went through it. Now, you might say, well, that was Jesus. I didn't know Jesus. That's true. But what do we do with the verse in Hebrews 4 that talks about the fact that Jesus went through everything that we are going through yet without sin? He was tempted the same way, yet without sin. Now, he didn't sin, but he was tempted. So let me ask you the question. Can we then assume that Jesus was tempted to not give thanks to God in his struggle just as much as we are? He was tempted just as we are. Do we believe the Bible? Do you believe the Bible? So if it says that Jesus was tempted, that means that he was tempted. Are you tempted not to give thanks sometimes? Oh, yeah. But we're also encouraged to be like him. And that means that because God is God and he knows the struggles that we are going through, that we are facing, it means that he will be with us in the midst of those struggles to give us what we need. He's not going to leave us, abandon us. You know what? I understand it's it's speculative, it's speculation. But you know what? If Jesus went through it, you and I can go through it. And if Jesus came to the other side victorious, you and I can go to the, to the other side victorious. You know, in 2 Corinthians, I think 11, it talks about Paul saying, be imitators of, uh, uh, be my imitators as I am of Christ. So if we can imitate Paul, who is a man who, imitate, who imitated Jesus successfully, who is God, then that means that the equation is that we can do it too. Remember, God is God. God is God, and he knows what he is doing. Second thing I want to mention is that God is the God of hope. God is a God of hope. Look at Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, when life is unsettling and unsettled, there's good news. There's good news. We serve a God who is able to fill the gap between our expectations and our current circumstances. God can fill the gap right in between there because we're expecting something. We're going through something else, and we just want to scream and say, what is going on? But you know what? God can fill that void with himself. That means that we can give, that he can give us joy, that he can give us peace in the midst of trials. But let me ask this, when does that happen? Look at that verse again. When does that happen? As you trust in him. Now we love the, oh, I'll take the hope, I'll take the joy, and I'll take the peace. Thank you, God. And then he says, okay, will you trust me? Uh, Can I call a friend? 
Our struggle is real. You know what our struggle is? It's letting go. The struggle is surrender. The struggle is learning to trust God. And believe me, God doesn't need your help or my help as if he is in need of help. He doesn't. When we stop trying to figure things out and we start trusting God the way he wants us to trust him, that is when we are going to begin to experience the hand of the Lord at work in our lives and to see the salvation of the Lord. Because God is just not going to throw joy, peace, and happiness if he knows that we can't handle it. we got to learn to trust him first. We have to learn to depend on him. We have to learn that our lives apart from him are nothing. And so we need to learn to trust I can tell you from experience that I have tried a number of times to solution my circumstances. And just about every single time I've tried, I've made a mess of it. I got a witness up in here. <laughs> we do. Because we think we know. And we forget that God is God. So we got to go back to the reality that Yahweh is Elohim. That the Lord is God in the midst of those circumstances. I, look, guys, I, I get it. It's hard to let go. I, I'm telling you, it's hard to let go. It's hard in the midst of your circumstances to say, you know what, God, have your way. Thank you very much. I'll see you next trouble. Because it's hard, because we, 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 we want to be in control. We're trying to figure things out. We love to be in control of our lives. But you know what? God will not work His perfect purposes in our lives if we get in the way. we got to let Him do it. So He will give us strength and hope and everything that we need in our lives to face every situation that we're going through. He will pour His peace on us. He will give us all that we need as we trust in His sovereignty in every situation that we face that God has not left us to our own demises, but He is walking with us each and every circumstance and situation. I think of issues and things that, we, that I've spoken with some of you about. Hey, I've lost my job. I don't know what to do. You know, let's pray. Oh, I got a job. Hey, I've lost a job. I don't know what to do. I've, 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 I've applied to like a thousand places. I've knocked down every door. I've spoken to every person. Stop. Stop trying to make it happen. Do your part, but stop trying to make it happen. Trust God. Trust God. I know. It's hard to let go. It's hard to let go. The third thing I want to share with you is that, is this. Let your feelings fuel prayer and worship, not worries. Because here's the thing, right, guys? Feelings do arise when we go through adverse circumstances. This is all about finding learning to be thankful in the midst of hard times, right? You understand that? And so when we're in the midst of hard times, we just want to 
complain, argue, do whatever, right? And one of the things that we do is blah, blah, blah. We do a lot of that. You know, the Bible says, may the words of my mouth and, may the, and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, to you, O Lord. Such a beautiful verse, isn't it? How does that work for you when you're going through tough times? <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest. The meditation of our hearts and the words of our mouth are not very pleasing to God's side when things are not good. And the thing that we do most commonly is to complain and argue and bicker, sometimes even with God, because we kind of like feel like, God, you, you just need to know what I'm going through. He already knows. He's heard every thought before you even spoke it. He already knows everything. Now, the external world that we face can actually impact our internal state of mind and heart. The circumstances that we go through can actually change us on the inside if we don't get our priorities straight. So we can either receive peace and joy and express it with gratitude and thanksgiving, or we can just re receive anger, frustration, and all the others, and then whatever comes out of your mouth, well, that's between you and God and your spouse. Or your parents or whoever is close to you. You know, our response has to be to draw near to God. Is there any other way when we go through these times? You know, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18. I don't know if we have that verse. We do? Okay, we do. Perfect. We do. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. In, not for, in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What? This is God's will for me, what I'm going through? Yeah. So pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. I don't like that, God. But you know what? God wants to do a little bit more. I, as I was... Uh, studying and preparing for, for this message, I heard the Lord say, you know, sometimes you come to me and you say, you know, we, we sing that song, draw me close to you. You know that song? Never let me go. I lay it all down again to hear you say, I'm your friend. You are my desire. You know, draw me close. I actually heard the Lord say, I want to do something deeper. Lois, would you come here for a moment? I want to do something more. So when I, when I say, Lois, come close to me, we're close, right? But you know what God wants to do with us? He wants us closer. He, he wants us closer. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because when we're closer, I can whisper. Mm. God wants to whisper. He wants us to be closer 
to draw, thank you, huh? to draw closer to him. Not just close. We need to take it a step further in. Sometimes we approach God with our, what do they call that in the running, when, you, when you're running and you give them the stiff arm, right? In football, you know what I'm talking about? Any football crazies here? Give them the stiff arm. That's what we do with God. We give them the stiff arm. You ain't coming closer than this. And yet God wants to come closer and draw us nearer to him. That's a word for all of us. Thanksgiving has to result in drawing closer to him. Because if it's not, then we are missing, we're going to miss all the blessings that God wants to give us. All of the good things that he has for us. Let me close with this. There are basic Thanksgiving principles that I want us to, to remember. Your assignment this week, as we enter Thanksgiving week, maybe put those, those points up for me. Take a picture of these and then study them at your own time. First of all, Thanksgiving ought to be continual. This is not just something that you do once a year. Does anybody agree with me? Thanksgiving is not something that we do on November 24th and that's it and it ends there. It has to be a lifetime experience for all of us. We ought to be thankful all the time. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That means that thanksgiving is an attitude of the heart, not just words. Thanksgiving is expectant. Is expectant. Roman, uh, uh, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to His purposes. Ephesians 5.20 says, Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you know what? We have, got, we have got to expect great things as we thank Him, even for the hardest of the circumstances that we go through. Thanksgiving, number three, is all about giving. It's all about giving. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, not thanks-taking. Thanksgiving. We love to take, 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 take. But you know what God is saying? Come on in with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Give thanks and bless His name. That ought to be our attitude and our posture. It's acknowledging God and what He has done in our lives. And so we give and not take. Finally, thanksgiving is costly. It's costly. You know, in Second Chronicles, there's a, a story of David who wanted to offer something to God. And so he bought a piece a plot of land from this man, Arana. And Arana, knowing that the king was wanting to purchase that little piece, that little plot of land, said, far be it that you would pay, O king. And David replied with these words. He said, no, I insist on paying you for it. 
I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen and paid 50 shackles of silver for them. He could not accept offering to God something that would not cost him something precious. You know, we want to receive things from God. We like the freebies. We love the freebies. But God is saying, wait a minute, Thanksgiving sometimes is costly. Learn to pay the price. That means that your circumstances, however hard they might be, however difficult that issue that you're facing right now in your life, remember this, that as you give Him thanks, victory will come through your thanksgiving. Let that thanksgiving cost you something that goes beyond the typical. Hey, thank you for watching the Sermon of the Week. We pray that you were blessed by it and you felt prompted to act upon what the Spirit of God was saying to you. If you live in the Charlotte area, we would love for you to come and worship with us at one of our weekend gatherings. That way you can find out more about our church family and what we value most. We encourage you also to give to our ministry so that we might continue spreading the gospel of Jesus to our city and throughout the world. To do so, you simply go to missioncommunity.cc, click on the Give button, and the rest is simple. Lastly, I would encourage you to check out the remaining content on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe. That way you will receive all of the reminders for fresh content that we put out. Have a wonderful rest of your day. May God bless you and thank you again for watching this week's message.